following on from its success as winner of ESG Company of the Year at the 2021 Small Cap Awards, we're catching up with Symphony Environmental Technologies. It's involved with technologies that make plastic and rubber products smarter, safer and more sustainable. Listed on AIM, its market cap in December 2021 was £42 million. The chief executive is Michael Laurius. So Michael, when I first interviewed you about six, seven years ago now, my concern was this idea is ingenious. Will it catch on or will it be one of those ideas that's ahead of its time and not have the investment to carry on? But here we are. The global plastic pollution problem is now a mainstream debate topic, something that you had anticipated about a decade ago. Yes, Sarah, we're, we're certainly ahead of our time, that was for sure, and I think we're still ahead of our time. Um, but we're in the right space at the right time. So we got there first. Um, and I think what we're seeing now is huge, huge uh, recognition of what we're doing. And uh, the, the ESG award that we recently had is only one example of many. Um, so we could quote uh, various different other awards that we've been getting from the United States into uh, other parts of recognition in the Middle East. Um, so there's a lot going on. The world has a problem. And um, the, the critical part of all of this is that you can have the very best technology in the world, and we believe we have, but if you don't know how to get it to market, it doesn't matter um, what you have. The issue is getting it to the market. And I think with what we've done, um, we've actually put in the systems and we keep upgrading the systems to get it to the market. Okay, so that is a big challenge, getting it to the market. So let's talk about it and them, because you've got D2W, which is um, biodegradable. It's probably one of the most established OXO biodegradable plastic technologies around, lots of growth potential. The UK is becoming more supportive of its adoption, but is the UK adopting it quick enough? What can you do to market it to the likes of Joe Bloggs in the street? Well, marketing it to Joe Bloggs in the street is not a difficult, uh, but if that was our policy, we'd run out of money very, very quickly. So we have to think of the, the macro way of dealing with it. And the macro way of dealing with it is to engage with government and our government um, is slow. We claim to be the world's best in terms of leading by example on plastic pollution. Sadly, we're not. Uh, but it's fortunate that we do have a lot of good relationships that we're building in um, the political system um, that will allow us and is allowing us to deliver the message. And we keep coming out with really, really good scientific evidence to support that what we've got really does work. And it's not just our own lab testing, it's a series of independent studies that proves it. And so we're tasked, and we continue to do this, with letting the uh, decision makers uh, within government, the DEFRAs and the others, uh, we ask them and we press them and we keep pressing them look at the evidence and if you look at the evidence and you read the evidence and you allow us to explain the evidence you can only come to one conclusion you must mandate like in other countries 
to ensure that this technology is used in all plastics because making plastics that uh, where you don't know what happens at the end of its useful life you don't know how long it's going to take to degrade where it's going to go is irresponsible and if you don't have a solution yeah perhaps um, you do ban it and so you see a lot of uh, government policies that says I'm going to ban the drinking straw uh, crazy because banning the drinking straw um, is a major headache, particularly to people with disabilities, uh, is a major increase in CO2 evolution, because when you use paper, you're gonna have five times more CO2 emission from using paper versus plastic. So our technology, and it's already going on, will allow that plastic straw to degrade and biodegrade within a period of time that is not decades, it could be months, it could be one or two years, but it's not an unknown forever scenario. So I'm just wondering if the biggest challenge are the regulators, because the EU imposed a ban on a material which they call oxo-degradable plastic, but you're educating them that the ban doesn't apply to what you do, which is oxo-biodegradable plastics. How much of a headache is this? Well, when you talk about the EU, you're not talking about science, you're talking about politics, because the EU decided that they would ignore their own chemical agency in making the decisions. Uh, and they decided that they would ignore their own uh, Central European normalization, where you actually describe and put the descriptions down for products. And they define oxodegradable as a product that doesn't obviously degrade, biodegrade, I should say. Um, and they describe oxo-biodegradable as a product that will biodegrade. Now the EU said, oh, it's all the same. None of it biodegrades. Um, you know, that's a political decision that we made and then we'll re rewrite the descriptions. Well, they did a pretty bad job rewriting the descriptions because what they actually wrote, and we agree with, we're banned a product that doesn't biodegrade, that's not recyclable, that has no environmental benefit, uh, and that is not compostable. Well, thank you for describing our product because you've actually, in banning a product that you've just described, you actually supported the idea of our product because it does all of that. Uh, the EU doesn't like that because they, they are politically compromised to ensure that you knock out plastics um, to open up the opportunities for alternatives, crop-based materials or you've opened up the alternative to sell more paper because there were political favours exchanged. This is not about science. This is pure, ugly politics. So which corporates understand the science then? So which deals have you signed? Because I was reading something about bread wrapping. Hmm. Well, bread wrapping uh, in relation to degradable um, and also uh, antimicrobials um we are making huge progress globally and the, and the world is not about the eu and you'll find that our revenues are mainly outside of the eu um because we have different rules inside the eu a lot of them quite bizarre different rules in let's say united states um which are more amenable to our technologies which is why you saw the approval of the fda bread packaging uh, that we got and then we announced two months later that we got the Canadian government, Canada Health, to approve our technology for bread wrapping. Then we're now in two markets. 
we're in the market um, not just through one DTP technology, but many DTP technologies that deals with food protection and food waste. Minimize waste, um, make sure your food is that much better when it comes to the consumer. And because of that, it's got a lot more value than protecting the environment. So you bring the two together and we started to do that, bringing two technologies together that deals with the environment, that deals with food waste, uh, that deals with food protection. And then you move into, <coughs> excuse me, other sectors, health sectors. Um, we would have seen the uh, announcement that we did with Meditech. Um, and they're a large, large glove manufacturing company. And at the moment, we're um, very, very worried about coronavirus. Uh, every day, there's some, some news. And the most recent reports we have are quite spectacular. Well, we started by saying that we got a 99.99% kill in accordance with the uh, standards um, within 24 hours. Very recently, um, we found that, <coughs> excuse me, on a glove, that we got a kill of 99.99% in 10 minutes. And we were never inventing a technology to be a disinfectant. We were inventing our technology to give long lasting protection against viruses, bacteria, which you get in food. Um, and so we got the right partners, getting into the market through an established partner that sells hundreds of millions of gloves. And that's the process that's ongoing. So part of what I said earlier, getting product to market, how do you get it to the market? You connect and you collaborate. And that's what you would have seen from our recent communications the uh, JV with Indorama in relation to India, difficult market, complicated, um, but put in the right people that understand the market, um, to put the right resource behind it. Uh, you've got the right technology at the right time. Um, so our preparation work is, is, is uh, beginning to succeed. That's an incredible anecdote about serendipity, how you've managed to create something that wasn't the intended, the unintended consequence of science. But of course, science and innovation takes money. So what's the cash burn? Because I suppose your tech is developed now and you're onto that partnership stage. Well, you're not seeing uh, much of a burn. Sometimes we burn, sometimes we don't burn. Um, Last year's performance showed quite a small loss. The first half of this year showed again a, a small loss. Um, we bring in something like three quarters of a million pounds of uh, new money coming in uh, at something like a 20% premium to the share price, which indicates that Symphony shares trading at wherever they're trading is not reflective of anybody that wanted to take a decent stake. Um, did we really need to do it? Not really. Uh, we had sufficient uh, headroom within our own cash flow and our own banking facilities, which we don't touch. Um, so we're pretty comfortable on our on our cash. Our sales, of course, and our gross profits uh, that we generate, we pour it all into the market development and R&D. So uh, cash burn, yes, it's important, but do we have a cash burn? I don't see that we do have a cash burn at the moment. Uh, or a me even a meaningful cash burn if we occasionally slip into that territory, but we don't. So we're succeeding. And what we're seeing at the moment is more and more governments um, 
that are supporting the idea of our technology because they cannot ban plastics. The Indian government have put a ban on plastics uh, below 50 micron, in some cases 70 micron. doesn't mean much to you, but it's a market that uses 30 micron all the way down to 10 microns. So they're saying to the people that are using 10 micron product, the law now requires you to spend five times more and make it five times thicker. Wow, how does that improve plastic pollution? So the penny will drop because there's going to be and is massive protests. Um, we need to use plastic to protect our food. We need to have plastic in our hospitals. We need plastic face masks. We need plastic aprons. Uh, we need plastic drinking stores. We need all of it. And you're trying to ban it. So you come to a point where something got to break. You can't ban plastics. You can't put law in place that makes it impossible and too costly. And then you've got a proven technology that resolves the entire issue. How long does it take before it turns the needle in a big way? And the evidence is not long. You see it already in Saudi Arabia, where you've got uh, government officials going out and fining factories for not complying with the legislation. And that's moving up a few levels as, as we speak. You've got other parts of the Middle East doing the same. We've got markets in 2022 in Latin America that are also passing laws that make it compulsory to use sustainable biodegradable option. Okay, biodegradable, the compost companies that compete with us selling a product three times more expensive um, are in those markets, uh, but people can't afford to pay three times more for a product that won't biodegrade in the open environment, but will biodegrade if you can pick it up and find a compost. Well, you find compost in Mexico City, forget it. What you will find is loads and loads of plastic pollution in the oceans and in the environment. And that's the issue. Our technology will resolve that issue because it will rapidly change it from a plastic material to a biodegradable product that then goes back to nature. They're in a great place, great time, and we're really, really excited about our 2022 I'm delighted to hear it. So I think you've um, answered my final question, which is, do you still think you have the silver bullet to the global plastic pollution problem? Well, as you heard me say, I, I think we have the silver or the golden bullet, if you like, um, in relation to plastic pollution, um, because at the end of the day, plastics is the best of the best. It's proven to be the best in terms of the life cycle assessment there is no other material like plastic that's got the environmental benefits that plastic has got and then of course what we have in relation to bread packaging uh, it's really really a big ticket item for us and we've been in that development phase for between eight and ten years we're now coming to the end of that tunnel i'm looking forward to our next catch-up but hopefully it's not going to be seven years time. Michael Laurier, uh, Chief Executive of Symphony Environmental Technologies. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. Good to see you again.